Today we're going to talk on love, continuing the series. Continuing the series, um, I absolutely loved uh, Jason's and Mike's talk, but Jason's particularly about humility. And um, I want to read from uh, the Bible, of course. Um, and I'm talking today about love the Father and loving our neighbours, which are the greatest commandments, as Jesus told the wise men. So, um, if you've got your Bibles, read from Mark 12, verse 28 to 31. Mark 12, verses 28 to 31. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Um, There was a bunch of Sadducees who thought they knew everything, and they were trying to catch Jesus out. And they'd already asked him questions about divorce and getting married several times and what does that make you when you get in heaven and all that sort of stuff. And um, suddenly this guy pops up um, and says, noticing that Jesus has given them a good answer, he asked him, so of all the commandments, which is the most important one? And Jesus answered, the most important one is this. And you can just see Jesus looking up to the whole crowd and saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I'm going I'm to be talking on the greatest commandment and my wife is going to be talking on the second greatest commandment which are all linked together. Um, and I'll just introduce myself very quickly. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Father. And Jesus always said that he only did what he saw the Father doing. And um, we know we talk about, as Christians, we talk about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. But Jesus, when he came down in a form of a human like us to identify with us, always spoke of his Father So this is um, one of the things I'm going to be talking about this evening is the differences between our understanding and God's understanding. And you'll see the extremes. I love the lyric in that song that Mark sang, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. That's how much he loves us. And in our own minds, we can fathom how far that is. But God's east to the west, that's infinite. So I want to talk a little bit about that, Um, getting to know the Father and loving the Father with all our heart, the greatest commandment. Um, It's knowing who he is and what he's about in our lives. So I'll just introduce myself. I'm the old guy of the church, as you know. Um, uh, Not necessarily means I know a lot more than you guys. In fact, there's a lot more people, a lot of a lot of people here know a lot more than I do. I love being in this church. There's such a wealth of wisdom. And um, when I grow up, I want to be like Jason. Um, yeah. And you? Me too. You too, yeah. I've lived the years, and I've had one of the things I have got as an old guy is I've lived a long time, and I've got a lot of experience. Um, I know a lot of you won't believe it, but I've been a Christian now for 52 years. Hey? That's, 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 that's older than some of your parents. That's crazy. Um, I did have a bit of a 12-year hiatus from Christianity when I was younger, uh, when I went off and did my worldly thing. But I did come back. My lovely wife found me and picked me out of the gutter and re-saved me again. Um, but um, I've got five boys, so I'm a father. Five boys, five daughter-in-laws. One of them's not married yet. Um, and uh, I'm very proud of all of them. Um, they all support Manchester United. I know it's the Super Bowl. Mike, you don't support Man United, do you? You're going like that. You support? Yeah, there you go. He likes them. We support them. Um, and I know it's Super Bowl today, and this is also very... When people say to me, um, who's in the cup final? I don't know who's in the cup final in, in, back in England. Um, I think, what? You don't know who's in the cup final? I don't know who's in the Super Bowl. I heard you say Rams. That's what you say, Rams. Okay. Okay, so we get the graveyard slot, obviously the Super Bowl slot. So 
everyone's watching that, but you guys are here, which is absolutely super. So anyway, back to my boys. They all support Man United. They're all passionate about music. Uh, they're, they're very passionate men. Um, uh, we talk very similar. That's because we all came from England. Um, that's the, and they're very, um, they're all into their, they're all big time into music. One of my sons is actually a, a music producer. And that's, we used to, as they grew up, we've always played music in the car around them, whether it's worship music or even secular music, you know. And um, it's funny, I look at my boys and I see myself so much in them. Um, and we've seen a lot, and I know you've, you've heard it about absent fathers, fathers that um, aren't around for their kids. They're, they're either too busy to be at home or there's divorce in the family. We just come from a valley, San Inez Valley, where we were told the divorce rate is between 50 and 80%. And we talked, I mean, we were at a party a few weeks ago, and um, I think I was the only, only married guy there. There was all these single women, all divorced women. It's terrible. It's a terrible breakup of marriage in this society. People um, um, just, families just decimated, and um, it really leaves effect on the children. And I think this is something that's been over the years, recently, has, has uh, grown out of control. So I'm not blowing my trumpet. I'm glad I'm a father. I haven't been absent. I'm here. I try my best as a father. We don't always do our best. We fail many times. Um, and, um, but we're still together, me and Lindsay. We love each other. We have our, we have our moments. You know, we have our moments. But uh, it's about working out and getting through to the other side. And I've, I... 100% know that our boys pick up on that and it makes them better people. So it's our, it's our relationship down here which reflects our relationship with the Father. I mean, what, could you imagine, just imagine this for a minute, if Jesus hadn't died on the cross and if Jesus had died by the sword and not, by, not on the cross, if he was, someone stabbed him and killed him or if he drowned in a ravine, you imagine that instead of dying the worst death ever known to man. Real extreme, a, man, a, God, a, a human extreme there. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if Jesus left us to our own devices? And, uh, or if he was abusive. Imagine if the father was abusive. But instead, we've got a God that so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We live out our salvation, the Bible says, with fear and trembling throughout our lives, you know, and when, when God says, he that believes in me, he didn't say he that believed in me. Um, we had a lot of, uh, back in the 60s and stuff, it was a fantastic revolution with uh, guys out preaching Jesus, people coming up, giving their, Lord, uh, giving their lives to Jesus. Um, here in California, uh, the Jesus movement was so powerful, hundreds of thousands of kids giving their lives to the Lord. Um, a lot of them, you know, it was seed thrown on rocky ground because they gave their they, Jesus come into my life accept you into my life and then they went off and lived their own lives and it's about he that believes in me it's about believing in God and living out our salvation and getting to know the Father it's just, I, I want to talk a little bit very quickly about extremes because this is one of the things that separated us from the world, from the Father and I want to talk about human extremes. You know, apparently, men, man, only uses 20% of the brain. And Demis is going to correct me on all this. He might say 23% or something like that. Um, um, we build skyscrapers. We cure the sick. Um, medicine has gone off the charts. You know, there's, they're close to getting a, heal, uh, a, a antidote for, is that the right word? Antidote for cancer. Um, sorry, the sun's killing me here. If we fly aeroplanes, we go to the moon. I remember 1969, sitting around the black and white TV set, watching the men walking on the moon. It wasn't in a Hollywood basement. I know it happened, because my mum said it did. And um, communication. Look at the communication. Since I, even since I was born, communication just... I remember the first cell phone, like a great big thing like this in a pack on the ground. And telescopes. So, did you know, did you know, December the 25th last year, they launched the James Webb Telescope. Who knew that? 
I know you do that, Demis. You can put your hand down. And I've got all the details here, so you can correct me on that. It's 66, sorry, it's 66 feet by 46 feet. Cost $10 billion. Two kilowatts of power, which is less than an electric kettle. It's pretty crazy. And its mission is to replace the Hubble to study the origin of the universe. And it's designed to focus on infrared, see, like seeing through dust clouds and stuff. Is that right, Demis? Yeah. So Demis is a scientist, by the way. He knows everything. Um, it, it means that it will be able to focus on infrared bright objects like extremely distant galaxies. Webb will be able to see around a quarter of a billion years and possibly a hundred million years after the Big Bang when stars and galaxies started to form all by themselves. This is just a human extreme here. God's people stumble around making their own story about any substance and they forgo, they forgo the truth that's the plainest thing. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. I just got a job a few days ago. I'm a lighting designer. Uh, this is another human extreme. I just got a job. I'm a lighting designer. got a new job. I'm designing this 4,000 square foot commercial property for this tattooist. Not just any old tattooist. This tattooist is one of the greatest tattooists in the world. And um, he brings in the best tattooists around the world to his, this place I'm going to be putting all these lovely lights in. And um, he gets clients in, charges them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some of them are well-known celebrities. And he, he puts them to sleep. He's got three surgeries. Puts them to sleep and gives them a complete tattoo, the whole body. Head, body, everything. And he has three or four of them working on them all night long. And then they wake up and... Yeah, crazy. This is... This is extremes that human beings will go to, you know, when they, there's, there's, there's absolutely no God in their eyes. They, they try and find their own place in life. And this is just the crazy extremes. You wait till I talk about God's extremes. I want to read Matthew 11, verse 25 to 27. At that point, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. So God, here Jesus is saying, he's actually hidden. He's hidden these things from people. And there's a purpose to this, the fact that God has limited our overall knowledge. It puts focus back onto our, our, our desperation for him. It puts focus back on our worship for him and who he is. The fact that it's not about us, it's about Jesus. What a loving father we have. If it was all about how good and how clever we were, we'd never get anywhere, as you've just seen. And to know his greatness is to know his great love. The f so the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one, that's what we believe as Christians, and that's what the Bible talks about. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you some of the characteristics about God. It's going to blow your mind. You probably know some of these. So God is omniscient, which means he knows everything. Everything. What Mark's thinking of right now, he knows what he's thinking of. What Demis did last night, he knows what he did last night. He knows everything at the same time. Hundreds of millions of people in this world, and he knows everything all the time, Every time they're thinking, what they're thinking, what they're doing. That's what omniscient means. He's omnipresent. So he can be everywhere. He can be everywhere and he can be everything to everybody at the same time. Let's just think about that for a minute. He can be everywhere, all the time, anytime, for everyone, anybody at one time. That's what omnipresent means. He's omnipotent. There's no boundaries to his power. That's what omnipotent means. There's no boundaries. Now, if you start putting that in human terms, you start measuring that, you can't measure it because it's infinite. It, it, it's more powerful than you can imagine. There's no, there's no ending to it. There's no ending to his power. 
We sing about his power a lot, but there is no ceiling, no ending. Sorry, I get kind of emotional when I talk about God this way. He's omnibenevolent, which means he's all good. All good, no bad. All good. Everything about God is good. Every single avenue is good. He's eternal. It means there's no beginning and no end. There was never a beginning for God, like we were born. There was never a beginning like that. He's always been. He's never been anything else. He's always been here. There was never a beginning and there's not going to be an end. It's not going to come to an end one day and there's not going to be any God and it's all going to disintegrate. He's eternal. He's spirit. He's always said he is three in one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God is love, which means he doesn't just love, he is love. When you love, you're, being, you're, you're, you're getting together with God because God is love. And he's immutable. But no one's heard that one before. He never changes. God never changes. So all those things I just said, that doesn't change. God never changes. His love doesn't change. So just embracing this, when you, um, he came, he created, he came to the earth, a man, and demonstrated his love. He came through Jesus. He came as Jesus. Jesus is Christ. Jesus is part of the Trinity. He is one with the Father. And Jesus is the one we see through the lens of Jesus. We must look at all these things through the lens of Jesus because Jesus identified with us. Jesus came. He took on the person uh, of Jesus amongst his disciples. He gathered men together and he demonstrated his love for the world and for them. And um, he it's blood running through his veins like us as we saw at the cross. And then he died on the cross for us. He showed the most greatest thing anyone could ever possibly do. He made up a relationship with God personal. Before Jesus arrived, you know, through the prophets in the Old Testament, it was, it was through power and demonstration and miracles and um, sacrifices were made for sin. Um, and, you know, through the new covenant of Jesus dying on the cross, that was the sacrifice, one and for all, through the Father, through Jesus. But one of the things I really want to get across to you guys today, loving the Father with all your heart, mind and soul, as Jesus said, is um, the Father is robed in majesty. And Jesus used to talk about his Father a lot, about how great and awesome he is. And it's great to fall in love with Jesus. We must fall in love with Jesus. This is who we identify with. But we mustn't forget the greatness of how great he is. And I want to read some stuff here that's going to blow your minds. We embrace Jesus, we love him, we long to be with him, reach out to him, but there is a reverence we mustn't forget, and that's his holiness. In, in Revelation 4, verses 4 to 11, bear with me in this one, this is a crazy scripture. So this is a... This is a an image, a dream, but it's a true dream. This is Jesus revealing himself in heaven. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of golden, gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles and pearls of thunder. Now remember, this is the throne room in heaven. And when we think of flashes of thunder, or flashes of lightning and rolls of thunder, that's how we think about it. But this is the throne room of Christ, so I've just told you about who he is, omniscient, powerful, everlasting, eternal, spiritual. This is in the throne room, so we can imagine flashes of lightning, rumbles and pearls of thunder. You can't imagine, because it's, it's mind-blowing. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, 
who was and is to come. Now this is the bit I want you to focus on. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they created and, and had their being. So the 24 elders, the four living creatures, who have been residing in heaven with the Father, enter the throne room and fall down. They don't, they don't just get down on their face and worship. They fall down. And I'm talking about 24 elders who eld in heaven. You know, we can talk about elders here in church uh, and the wisdom they have, but hold it. These people live with the Father. The greatest, I mean, it's not the greatest. You can't even say he's the greatest thing ever because he's the only God ever. And they've been with him. I don't know how many years, and then there's four living creatures, and I mean, I, I can't even begin to think what those living creatures are like. They fall on their faces. They fall physically down because of the glory of God in the throne room. Lightning, thunder, and everything. This is, you couldn't even make a movie like this. Some of these big blockbuster movies, they could never get close to what's going on here in the throne room in heaven. Then you go to Revelation 7, 11 to 12. God is in the place that all the angels, all the angels and 24 elders and four living creatures fall down. Revelation 11, 15 to 16, the trumpet sounded. God was there. And guess what? The 24 elders and four living creatures fell down. Revelation 19, verses 3 to 6. Announcements are made in heaven about the greatness of the Father. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down on their face. This is just, it's mind-blowing when you actually start entering into this, um, this, this passage of the Bible and the Bible teaching about heaven and Jesus coming down and identifying with us. There is no edge to his creation. There are billions of universes. So when we send a telescope up to tell us that there was a big bang one day, millions of years ago, billions of years ago, whatever they say, and that's because we can see to the third or the fourth galaxy, or maybe even the fifth galaxy. And you know a galaxy is about 100 million miles to get across. It takes 100 million light years to, to go across a galaxy. There's billions of galaxies that God created. There's no end. No end to the galaxies. They just keep going. It's mind-blowing. And um, so we've got our little telescope, two kilowatts of power, going up there. If they boil a kettle, it's going to trip the circuit breaker because there's only two kilowatts there. They're going to overload it and they're going to look out. I don't want, it's, it's, you can't laugh because it's, it's great that they've done that, but $10 million on a, on a, come on, come on. We go to Haiti and one billion would sort a whole island out of people starving. Anyway, that's man's capability, how they see things. No comparison. Everywhere else is measured with the same measuring stick in heaven, but not, not heaven's measuring stick. Um, you know, God made his own people for himself. He made us as a royal priesthood, the people who would choose to love him. We're born with a choice. We have a choice. There's no middle ground with our God. He's a ground of extreme opposites. That's how great he is. As far as the east is from the west, We've got good and we've got bad. We've got light and we've got dark. We've got life, we've got death, and we've got heaven and we've got hell. We cannot think in the extremes. We're not God with all his characteristics. We cannot think in extremes as we are not God with all his characteristics. We can't think the same way. His extremes are so extreme, we have 20%. We only use 20% of our brains, apparently, scientists say. And if we used any more than that, if we used 100%, apparently we could levitate. We can, uh, what's it, Demis, we could levitate, we can see in the dark, we could boil an egg and all that sort of stuff. But um, we only use 20% of our brains, so even if we use 100%, we can't even get close to the extremes that are in heaven. And we've been born with a choice, and it's a tricky one. It's a tricky choice. We choose Jesus, 
the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who loves us enough to send his Son to die on the cross for us, so that through him we can be saved from the punishment of death and hell, the forgiveness of sins. Who is, but he's also prepared a place for us in paradise. Now get this. God has prepared a place for his children, the ones that say yes to him and spend the rest of these few years on this earth serving him and loving him. He's prepared a place in paradise for you. And Jesus mentioned this two or three times to his disciples. And he almost, you know, the Bible doesn't get over itself on, you know, where it's, the way it's written, it doesn't overdo things, you know, make them really exciting through words. It's written there. But you can almost, when he tells his disciples about the place he's prepared in, in heaven for them, you can almost feel a bit of excitement there. He said, I've prepared a place for you. And it's like this amazing place, the streets of gold. And, and you imagine the extremes we've just talked about, what that place is going to be like. And it's going to be for everlasting life. We get to spend eternity with Christ. So we have, our spirits inside us are eternal. Our spirits can never die. Our bodies will die one day. And when we get to heaven, God's promised that we have the most amazing bodies that will never feel any pain. We will not be a need for crying anymore. There will not be any pain. We will see things on this planet that we've lived and understand why we went through this stuff. And we will see things in a whole new way. And we will have bodies that we'll be able to fly. We'll be greater than the angels, the Bible talks about. Can you, can you imagine? It's like mind-blowing. Um, or, so that's what we, we can choose that, or we can choose the alternative to the extreme, the other extreme. Do not accept Jesus our Saviour and choose Christ's opposite, who is Satan. His fate has already been sealed. Hell is the opposite to heaven and is made for Satan and all his hordes. False prophets are coming out of the woodwork saying there is no hell. How could a loving father have a hell? So to start with, when they, when they talk about a loving God, they do it with their own measuring stick and not God's. They bring the love of God back down to the le- their level, not to God's, whose love is way beyond, way beyond theirs. Any of us can compare his love. This means there has to be an extreme. And the Bible doesn't leave it open to debate. There is definitely a hell designed for Satan, and if we don't accept Jesus, we accept the opposite. If we are lukewarm about the extreme of hell... We also look lukewarm the extreme of heaven, which after the ultimate gift of his son Jesus is set up for us by his great power and understanding, but most of all directly from his great love for us. But we have, we have such a loving father. And, you know, G, um, Jason is one of my greatest uh, preachers when it comes to talking about Jesus, you know, he always makes it so exciting and so available to us and understand how much Jesus loves us and he loves us so much and um, he wants us all to fall in love with him and have a relationship with him. Many of us have great fathers and some of us don't have so great fathers. Some of us have great relationships with our fathers and some don't have such great relationships with their fathers. But God, the Father, is there for us. He wants to have full-on relationship with us. He wants to lavish on us, and he's prepared a place for us. So I'm going to hand you over to my lovely wife, who's going to talk about the second greatest commandment. I hope I haven't gone too long. Jason, have I? A little long, sorry. Thank you. It's Valentine's Day. Look, I bought, this is my present. I bought one of these for each of my four sons. And it's this. Because there's no greater love that I can give my kids. I've told them you can hate me for one thing, that you will read your Bible. Amen to that. Okay, so quickly, because I went second, because I know how that goes sharing a talk with Jez. And yes, Jez, you've run over 10 minutes, so I have 10 minutes less. Right, here goes, quick. Um, This series, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. 
This is a series. There's a whole bunch of talks, and I really highly recommend you to go back into the Isla Vista family chat and listen to them. Um, Mike's spoken, Jason's spoken twice, and Mark's spoken. I haven't heard Mark's. Mike, um, I'm going to wrap it quickly, right? Because I think it's important. Um, firstly, it's all about Jesus. Um, as you focus on the cross, his mercy, his gentleness, and his humility, when it's not all about Jesus, it's all about me. And that came out of Jason's mouth. He is what transforms us, changes us, and helps us grow. He is the desire for the nations. That's what makes us want to know him more and glorify him. Mike spoke on the mind of Christ. Um, he asked us to remember to ask ourselves this. How would God think about this? Mike mentioned his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He talked about God using the circumstances of our lives to do life with us, that we grow and become like Christ through what we walk through. So suck it up. Good stuff. He talked about scriptures becoming real because you've walked through them. Okay. He asked the question too, what is the Father really after in this particular area of my life? Aligning with the mind of Christ. Um, Romans 12, 2, he referenced, do not be conformed to this world, God forbid, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, I'm going to take a sidetrack, and I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit has been bugging me about this, and I can't get out of my mind. If there's anyone here called Bryn James, your name is spelled B-R-Y-A-N, God wants to say to you, Jesus saves bro. And if you know me, I don't say bro. There you go. Take that. You might meet that guy. If you meet him, pray for him. Okay? Done. Thank you, Lord. It's all about being obedient, right? Now I can concentrate. Okay. Um, Jason taught on humility and the reality that if you lack humility, it's easy for offense to hit you. <laughs> oh, that, that floored me. Um, he talked about humility being the on-ramp of Jesus um, and the fact that we get to choose to go lower. Mm. He reminded us of the series that we just finished, Galatians, and the question, are you going to do this in your strength? Or are you going to let God and God alone who transforms lives, changes lives? Right there, if you really get that, if you hear that and get that, right there is freedom. Freedom from performance, striving, guilt, and 90% of the junk that you face every single day of your life. Nobody knows me better than me, let me tell you. Not a pretty picture without the Lord, okay? <laughs> and I tell you what, my greatest thing is just knowing about who he is because I walk in freedom. I walk in freedom. I don't care two diddly squirts what you think about me or have to say about me or whether you judge me. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. Because God loves me. Um, that's my freedom. That's my ticket. I get to be me. I love being me. I love it. I love being me. Really love it. Um, Jason also talked about culture, leaning on positive thinking. And it's so important. It's all surface compared to the depths of the love of Christ. Honestly, don't, don't waste your time. If you try and positive think everything, for goodness sake, it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's superficial and it's exhaustive. It runs out. Only God is eternal. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love never runs out. And I'm going to just stop here and say to you guys, you know, what, what do you want? I felt, Lord, I prepared all this and I, I was, you always get to the end of it, days and days of praying and interceding. And I said to the Lord, what is the question that you want to ask everyone? And it was, what do you want? 
What are you looking for? Why are you even here? What do you want? What do you want? Ask yourself now, what do you want? You want to be loved. You want to be affirmed. You want to be cared for. You want to be held. You want to be honoured. You want to feel. You want to know that there's a hope in the future. You want to be known. You want, some, you want to be cared for. I promise you, it's all in here. It's all in here. Nobody, nobody can love you or will ever love you like Jesus does. Not your husband, and that's 90% of the reason why they, everyone throws the towel in. Because they're not there to love you. Not, your friends will fail you. All of them. They're not there to do that. That's not their job. It's all about Jesus. The love of Jesus is something you actually cannot fathom in its entirety. Exactly what Jez said. Honestly, grab him and hang out with him. I've never met anyone my whole life who has such an incredible heavenly perspective. I tell you what, I'm his wife. I love him, but I know that if tomorrow he popped his clogs... He'd be so happy because he cannot wait to get to heaven. That is a beautiful thing. That is a powerful thing because he gets it, that God is sovereign. And I'll be fine. (laughs) Um, I know, I know. Um, It's extremes are endless, as Jez said. Anyway, I'm going to talk quickly about... Let's talk about loving the one that God puts in front of you. Ha, ha, ha. Let's talk about friendships. Hmm. God puts people around you. Why? Because of you. Because he's interested in your character and your personality. I said to my boys, don't fight. If you can work it out here, my kids, I have four boys. You couldn't find, they're totally, completely different. But let me tell you, they worked their relationships out, they fought it, they grinded it, and they still do to this day. And now, guys, now we have wives. This is gets, this, it grows. <laughs> so if you think they didn't work it out when they were younger, dang, they're getting to do it now, let me tell you. Those women are awesome. God bought me the most awesome, can I say badass, badass wives for my sons. I love them. I'm so passionate about them. Oh, you have to meet them. They are amazing, amazing. Um, But I used to stand my kids in front of each other like they were mad at each other. I never let them beat each other up or hit each other, never. And I made them stand in front of each other and they're mad. I was like, love each other. They'd be like, love each other. And they always, always, always ended up looking in each other's eyes and they would end up giggling and laughing. We were done. So easy. Um, but hard. They're still having to do that. I still have to text them every now and then. Loving the one that God puts in front of you. People will offend you. People are unkind. It's easy to lose trust. But you get to choose love. You Get to choose not to gossip. Ooh, imagine that. You get to choose to leave when people are gossiping or change the subject. Proverbs 24, 26, an honest word is like a kiss on the lips. Just be the kisser. The deepest friendships that will stand the test of time are the ones that have been tried and tested and are saturated in grace and forgiveness. My best friends call me out. They tell me the truth. They nail it every time. I remember we were married 16 years. I went to my, uh, I don't know what to call her. She's incredible. Eleanor Mumford. And I just said, Ellie, I'm done. You know, I got some friends of mine, Denise Page, some of you might know, Christine Hand, and I said, I can't bear to be in the same room. He's driving me nuts. And I had all these reasons why. All these reasons why. 
And all of them turned around to me and said, Lindsay, and I was like, thank God somebody's listening to me, finally. Going to get some, oh. And they said, you know what? You need to repent. Okay. And I did, because I was out of order. And, you know, it's always good to look at the people and work out, is it me? Do you know? Is it me? Let's talk about his love quickly. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it's God's will to work through you and in you for his pleasure. He's jealous for you. He wants you to know what it is to be fully, fully loved. I'm going to tell you something really cool. When God says the joy of the Lord is your strength, it really is. There's this hormone. I'm a doula, so I'm with moms who are having their babies. Awesome. There's a hormone called oxytocin. So you're all grown-ups, and I mean, I don't mind. You don't mind. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. There's a hormone called oxytocin. When you have sex, when, oh, I'll rephrase that. When you're married and you have sex, okay, I'll just say that again. When you're married and have sex, the sperm carries a hormone called oxytocin. And it's called the love hormone. When you're pregnant and about to go into labor, the baby releases a hormone called oxytocin. And that's what gives you the contractions and that's what births that baby. Pretty cool. So when you love people, you're releasing the joy hormone in them, right? It's a big deal. It's a powerful, powerful thing. The other thing I'd say is laugh. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Laugh. Who's the first person you laugh at? Yourself. (laughs) Don't take yourself so seriously. Don't be so intense. Stop being so self-righteous. Stop being so boring. Stop being so fearful. Stop being so critical. Stop being so judgmental. When you know who you are and know who he is, you find grace for yourself. But mostly, you're going to find grace for everybody else around you. You're going to find confidence. It's all about Jesus. There's nothing he can't give you to help you with or do for you. You will see the impossible. You will see the impossible unfold before your eyes. You will see him transform situations and turn death to life. You will become unstoppable. You will go to the ends of the earth. You will have no fear. Pursue Jesus. Pursue the Holy Spirit. Pursue the Father. Grow in Christ's love. I'm going to just tell you a quick story and then I'm going to wrap this up. I've worked in Haiti for many years. I walked alongside an orphanage for many years. And I was borrowing the um, Compassion International Land Rover. So there was a child in the orphanage who died, and Madame Juana asked, uh, Madame Soliette it was then, Madame Soliette asked me to take the body of the child on our Land Rover to the village where this child came from, of course. So I said, are you coming with me? She said, yes, I'm coming with you, but I'm going to get on a motorbike. I'll see you out there because I'm going to go and then stay with some friends. So off I go with Lafice, who's my amazing friend and looks out for me. He's the one who sits on the phone and Jez goes, Lafice, where is she? What is she doing? And he goes, it's okay, Papa Jez, she's fine. It's good. We'll be fine. I've got this. <laughs> anyway, because I often don't go with Jez. Um, and we went out to this little village. We arrived there, lots of emotion. And when people die in Haiti, there's lots of wailing, throwing yourself on the floor. It gets chaotic. So just we did, it was just really emotional. Then we took the body into the sort of very wooded area um, where they built the shrine and about to put it in. And this guy just comes and stands this far in front of me and is yelling and screaming and 
going crazy at me, like crazy at me. I looked, I've never seen such intense anger, but it was scary for me because there's a fine line between that demon who was totally, it was like me and that spiritual thing. And then somebody said, Madame Madame Soliette did not come today because they told her they were going to machete her if she came because they felt like there was reason for the child to die, whatever injustice. And oh, well, they didn't tell me that yet. So anyway, so I'm standing there with this and I remember thinking, God loves me. God loves me. And this righteous anger rose up in me. God loves me, you know. And like the lion, I think it's amazing that you ended up drawing a line I haven't seen over there yet. Um, this, it, all I can explain, it was like this, this shaft of light or something I felt. I'm sure nobody else saw it. And this grace and the peace that passes understanding. And I looked the sky in his eyes with love and I just thought, you could kill me. But that's okay, because you don't get to touch me unless the Lord says you can, because my days are numbered. Anyway, okay, here, Lafice, we've got to go, we've got to go, we've got to go. So we sort of started going back to the car, sort of like walking sideways, because we didn't want someone to hit us over the head. Got back to the car, and then I suddenly thought, whoa, hang on a minute, I am being driven by Lafice's fear. And I was like, no, and I just turned around. And I said, I will not do this. And I started preaching out of nowhere. The Holy Spirit just filled me with this message of love and compassion and how much Jesus loves you. And Oh my gosh, it was not me, that was for sure. It was incredible. It was insane. I wish somebody had videoed it. I'd be famous. <laughs> it was amazing. But you can do anything. If you know God's love, you can do anything. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Grow in love in Christ. There's this other tiny thing that I want to encourage you with. This woman, I'm out to change my world. I read this when I first got saved. She talks in here, I was going to read you the story, but I won't, um, about taking a job. And this is why I felt the Lord also say to me, there's a lot of you in this room who have really lousy bosses right now, and you are really struggling with that. I want you to hang in there. Hang in there and don't leave until the Lord tells you to leave. Don't do it. I got a job on a building site and I was away sick, and they switched bosses, and the field manager took the job. The most annoying person I've ever met in my entire life, he hated my guts, and I very much disliked him. (laughs) They wrote above my desk, they all got together to bet on how long I would stay working for him. I never knew that. They literally wrote it in the ceiling above my head, above my desk. I went in there and the Lord just said, love him, love him, love him. And he was nasty. It was almost like he was wanting to win his bet. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Anyway, I hung in there, cried, sobbed, whatever. Turned out we became great friends. And then he wanted me to go and help him build Disneyland in Paris. But I'd met Jez then and Jez said I couldn't go. I'll forgive him one day. (laughs) Anyway... This girl, Anne Kimmel Anderson, she had a job and she was excited about her job. She was going to pay for college and the job was standing on a, a, a thingy where you sort spinach. She hated spinach. 12 hours a night, she was sorting spinach, sorting spinach. She hung out, hung out, hung out and eventually the boss came and said, you're the longest serving person in this company and we're going to promote you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to this place. And she said, give up my dreams in my world? Never, not ever. God and I and love, we're out to change the world. God and I and love. And I can't tell you how many times the Lord's asked me to love my neighbor, 
Love my friends. Love those who hate you. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. This might blow your mind, and I'm wrapping this up. I am 57 years young. I will probably be around till I'm about 85, so that's great. That means I've got another amazing few years in me yet. Um, Ah, I totally lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, yes, the secret. You know how God says, love your enemies, pray for those that love you? I got saved when I was 20, so that means 37 years, right? Yeah, love your enemies. I can tell you, honestly, I haven't had an enemy outside the church. Yikes. Did you hear that? I have never had an enemy outside the church. So when God says, love your enemies, love your brother, love your neighbor, it's all the people that God has put around you right here. You don't have to go anywhere to work it all out. It's right here. Ain't that the thing? Okay. I'm not going to do that. Let's pray. Um, Let's just remember, you didn't choose me. I chose you. God chose you. God chose you. Christ and Christ alone is love. Just hang on to it. Love, love, love. Okay? Love the Lord your God, like Jez said, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love the one that God puts in front of you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Two things I felt the Lord say. Today, he wants to minister to people who just need to feel the Father's heart, the Father's love. And some of you need to repent. You don't need anyone to do that. Take some time, sit before the Lord. He's already shown you. Just say sorry. It's that easy. Sorry, I blew it. And there it is, all gone. Amen.